Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Brian Davis, and for this week, we're going to cover our favorite New York movies. Last week, we did San Francisco. This week, we're doing New York. We have, uh, yeah, actually, we have a ton of movies, actually. This did pretty well, and so let's see uh, what my list is in no particular order. I'm going to start with Annie Hall. Some people will, and I think one of them being Linley, will specifically leave out uh, Woody Allen movies now because he's turned out to be what a, a, a creepo <laughs> he really is. Um, that being said, you can't deny the brilliance of Annie Hall, even though he's a despicable person. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I always loved his stand-up comedy work from the 60s, and uh, that part of his career only really only lasted a few years before he moved on to writing screenplays and then, you know, acting and directing. But I always liked how Annie Hall kind of incorporated some of Alan's stand-up bits and joke jokes. And uh, the plot is simple. Alan is a movie director who reminisces why his past relationship with Diane Keaton failed. It's a romantic comedy, but different than most types of the genre due to Alan's, uh, you know, creative writing style and, and filmmaking. And, and anyone that's watched a Woody Allen movie will sort of understand. Uh, this and Take the Money and Run are my two favorite Woody Allen movies. And it's also a good snapshot of the way New York looked back in the 1970s. All right, next is Coming to America from 1988. To me, this is the last re- really, really good Eddie Murphy movie. Okay, maybe The Nutty Professor, but, you know, that was a remake. Um, and I just did a scan of his 90s filmography, and it's pretty brutal. Anyway, Coming to America is is really well done. Tons of laughs. Great supporting cast. Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, John Amos, just just to name a few. And, and the cool part is you get to see Eddie Murphy and Arsenio play all sorts of really funny characters. And, you know, I still crack up with the Soul Glow song and, and all that. And, and it's funny because, you know, there, he, he's this African prince who decides to, to go to uh, the United States because he doesn't want to be part of an, uh, an arranged marriage. And, of course, where does he pick? He picks Queens because he wants to find his queen. It has to be of royalty. And, and then he is uh, sadly mistaken, even though he does enjoy it, uh, once he gets to New York. So uh, if you haven't seen Coming to America in a while, definitely check it out. It, it holds up pretty well. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul go. 
next is Coogan's Bluff from 1968. This is one of the first cop movies that Clint Eastwood starred in after having great success with his westerns. However, this time he plays a rural Arizona sheriff who's tasked with bringing back a fugitive who is on the run in New York City. So even though this isn't technically a western movie, he still has his, you know, quote, western roots. Coogan stars Lee J. Cobb, Susan Clark, and Don Stroud. The film is Clint Eastwood's first collaboration with Don Siegel, and the two would go on to film really successful films like Dirty Harry, Two Mules for Sister Sarah, and Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, there's some great New York City scenes in there, though it's not you know filmed entirely there. But there's a great I, the ending scene, which is a on foot chase scene, uh, kind of goes through New York City and Central Park and, and all that. So it's really cool to check out. Especially you get to see what New York City looked like in the late 1960s. Next is Crocodile Dundee from 1986. So this might be a cop out to some people because it's actually for many people their introduction to Australia through film. But you know half of the movies filmed there, and then the other half is actually filmed in New York City. In any case, I really enjoyed this movie as a kid, and I kind of still do. So it's a typical fish-out-of-water story with uh, Paul Hogan playing Mick Dundee, and he decides to leave his homeland for the first time to travel to New York with a newspaper reporter played by Linda Kozlowski. She actually ended up, eventually became Hogan's real-life wife. So normally fish-out-of-water movies are a bit cliche. However, Crocodile Dundee is, is supposed to be fun, and, and you can't help but like Dundee in all the crazy situations he finds himself in. And if who, who hasn't said, that's not a knife, this is a knife. <laughs> Next is Death Wish from 1974. You know, today revenge movies are pretty common. However, back in 1974, Death Wish was pretty groundbreaking with his vigilante message. The grittiness and the darkness from the film is still powerful today. Charles Bronson plays a mild-mannered architect who initially oppo is opposed to violence, even scoffing at the idea of owning a gun. However, after the murder of his wife and the raping of his daughter by a local gang, Bronson just snaps. He decides to put an end to the crime ravaging his neighborhood and eliminates the criminals uh, you know, that, that police can't control. Uh, and he does it by becoming a vigilante and going against the law. Uh, so this movie isn't for everyone. But if you're a fan of Charles Bronson or vigilante movies, you're going to enjoy Death Wish. Now, it isn't the greatest portrayal of New York City, but my guess is it probably isn't too far-fetched based in you know the 1970s. So it's dark, it's gritty, and you know I do kind of like vigilante movies. So take it as it is. Next up is Die Hard with a Vengeance from 1995. This is essentially Die Hard 3. And, and the Die Hard series sort of reminds me of the Indiana Jones series, not because the franchises are similar in story, but the fact that the third movie of each series is as good as the first, if not better, and, the, and this, both of their second movies are, are fairly weak. Die Hard with a Vengeance is one of the best entries in the series, due in part to the addition of Samuel L. Jackson and Jeremy Irons. Iron's character is Simon Gruber, the brother of Hans Gruber, who was in the first film, played by Alan Rickman. Simon gets his re is seeking his revenge on John McClane, of course, by played by Bruce Willis, and um, he, you know he wants to get revenge for killing his brother in the first film, and sends McClane on this crazy wild goose chase throughout New York City, and um, you know Samuel L. Jackson kind of <laughs> inadvertently and not willingly becomes his partner, and it, it's a pretty well done. It almost turns into a buddy cop movie. Next is the Dream Team from 1989. I absolutely love this movie as a kid, renting it constantly over the years. The movie stars Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Boyle, and Stephen First, best known as Flounder from Animal House. The, the four play patients at a psychiatric hospital who end up roaming New York City after their doctor is mugged during their field trip to a Yankees game. 
Michael Keaton is kind of the less crazy <laughs> of the three, but um, he often lies and makes up these crazy stories about a variety of things, but he was hospitalized mostly due to his violent temper. Christopher Lloyd thinks he's a psychologist and walks around the hospital in a doctor's coat and even tries to diagnose other patients. Peter Boyle is unintentionally hilarious and believes he's Jesus Christ. And Stephen First is probably the least sociable of the group, and the only and, and the only time he talks is through baseball terms due through due to his love of the New York Yankees. And Lorraine Bracco also stars in the movie as Keaton's ex girlfriend. Definitely, this is a forgotten gem from the 1980s. And if you want uh, a real fun movie on a weekend, definitely check it out. My next pick should make my dad very happy, and that's For Love of the Game from 1999. And this is his favorite baseball movie, and I think his favorite sports movie. Um, even though uh, Kevin Costner's character plays for the Detroit Tigers, he's actually pitching in the old Yankee Stadium against the New York Yankees. Therefore, a lot of this movie does take place in New York City, and and partly is because his relationship with Kelly Preston in in the film. She lives in New York, and he kind of travels all over because he's a ball player. Um, you know, when you hear about the best baseball movies, uh, uh, you know, listed, it's usually including you know Bull Durham, The Natural, Major League, but rarely for love of the game. And I think some of the baseball fans actually get turned off by the non-baseball part of the story, which, of course, which as I said, involves Costner and Kelly Preston. However, I never thought any of these scenes really detract from the movie in any way. The baseball scenes are tremendous, and Costner does a fabulous job as a starting pitcher. In addition, you get Vin Scully broadcasting, you know, the play-by-play, who is arguably the greatest baseball announcer that, that has ever lived. You know, listening to Scully call a game is like having the perfect musical score as the underbed during a vital scene in a movie. And if you're a baseball fan and you missed this movie the first time around, be sure to check it out. All right, time to go with a classic. And maybe it's obvious, maybe it isn't, but it's Ghostbusters from 1984. And this, of course, was one of my favorite movies as a kid. The story was super fun, and the comedy between Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis is hilarious. Also, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis are terrific as the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper. I had the soundtrack for this on cassette, and I would rotate between this and Back to the Future a lot on my little boombox. You know, I originally read that Aykroyd wanted, uh, you know, the other two roles to be for John Belushi and John Candy. Unfortunately, Belushi, of course, died, and Candy never officially committed to the film. Obviously, Bill Murray ended up being perfectly cast along with Harold Ramis. Sadly, the sequel really never lived up to the amazing original. However, being a DVD freak, I do own the sequel, but nothing will ever beat the original Ghostbusters and, you know, the the city streets covered in marshmallow and whatnot and, and the stay puffed marshmallow man walking through the streets. It's terrific. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Are you kidding? If you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Ghostbusters, um, stop listening. Go watch Ghostbusters. Next is Home Alone 2, Austin, New York from 1992. The title says it all. This time, Kevin's in New York. You know, it pretty much sticks with the formula of the first one. Um, you know, first of all, Kevin, played by uh, Macaulay Culkin, has the worst parents ever, as they always seem to leave this kid all alone. This time, he's not at home, but he's lost in New York City. So what could possibly go wrong? You know, the gags and the stunts are just as funny and creative like the first movie. 
and, and you get the return of the excellent villain, excellent villains played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, who are no longer the wet bandits, but now the sticky bandits. You know, you know the 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 jokes and the gags are coming, so it's not as maybe as exciting as the first one, but it's still enjoyable. It's still still worth checking out, and you get to see parts of New York City. Next up is Splash from 1984. I'm pretty sure Splash was the first movie I saw Tom Hanks in. I definitely remember watching him on the TV show Boos and Buddies from the 80s. Anyway, Splash was part of my family's VHS library and was a precursor to Disney's The Little Mermaid. In addition to Tom Hanks, the cast is is excellent. You get Daryl Hannah, who of course plays the mermaid Madison, John Candy, and Eugene Levy in one of his early roles. As a kid, I was always fascinated with the literal fish-out-of-water plot since Daryl Hannah had to learn to be human. From everything to picking a human name, to walking the streets of New York, to learning that TV shows aren't real and the actors who die on screen really aren't dead. Geez, even at seven years old, I knew that. Now, WWF Wrestling, on the other hand, on the other hand totally real until my dad ruined that for me too all right to wrap up my uh, favorite new york movies i'm going to go through a few pretty quickly one is after hours from 1985 this is a martin scorsese movie that isn't five hours long so it's definitely worth checking out and you get to kind of see the seedy side in new york in the mid 80s griffin dunn's awesome roseanne arquette's really good and linda fiorentino is they're really really good it's it's kind of a trippy movie with an ending that you kind of don't don't see coming but it's it's definitely well done uh what else do i have the out of towner is the original from 1970 it's either 70 or 71 with jack lemon really really good eventually it was remade with uh goldie hahn and steve martin but definitely check out the original it's a lot of fun and just whatever can go go wrong will go wrong for the for the couple who end up in new york they end up sleeping in central park and jack lemon needs to go to a job interview the next the next morning but everything goes wrong It's, it's a lot of fun and lastly the warriors which is uh from 1979 that's kind of about teenage gangs and, and the, you know all these different style of gangs and they can all dress up in their own way. It's definitely a dark movie, but um, really well done as an independent film. So anyway, that's my list of favorite New York movies. Listen, let's check out what everyone else has to say in this week's episode. We are back with Enrica. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. So for this week, we're going to do yet another city. New we're going city. A new city, and this will be New York. New York be, City. It doesn't have to be New York City, but it could be the <laughs> New York area. And obviously New York's kind of like, um, you know, like the Bay Area. It doesn't have to specifically yeah. be San Francisco, but we're going to say New York. And since you grew up in New York and in the East Coast, I'm sure you have some fond movie memories oh, about yes. that area. New York City, center of the universe. <laughs> um, growing up, yeah, there was no other city for me. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure people hear of a similar experience if they mm-hmm. grew up in the Bay Area. Like, the city was San Francisco. The city, yes. Yeah, so yeah. the city for me was mm-hmm. always New York. Mm-hmm. When I saw a movie, I and it took place in a city, I just assumed it was, it was New, New York, York City. <laughs> it, I mean, my parents were from there, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was, my family is there, and mm-hmm. I don't really know any other city that right. well. yeah. <laughs> so... When I saw movies as a kid set in New York, it just felt like, okay, that's where movies are set. Right. You know? And I really, really love the movies that are set in industrial New York, like late uh, late 19th century New Mm -hmm. York, like during the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a fascinating time with immigrants Mm -hmm. and, like, the workforce changing and... 
I don't know. It's just so cool. So I, I love Newsies. <laughs> the hustle and bustle. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, things looked so different yeah. back then. The architecture was so interesting. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, everything from the elevators to what Coney Island looked like. Right. Like, they're all kind of, they've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're not hard to imagine what it looked like at the turn of the like 19th century. Mm-hmm. So Newsies is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> it really does kind of capture that aesthetic like the working kids in the streets Mm -hmm. and the orphanages and like the big business uh offices Mm -hmm. um the printing press yeah that that whole like new york vibe with the kids in the streets Mm -hmm. and the what they were wearing and their little newsboys hats right you know and you you, it's sanitized now yeah it's, it's almost been just washed away in, in many aspects yeah in yeah. some ways it's changed mm-hmm. new york is always changing sure what's so cool about yeah. it um but that was a specific time mm-hmm. that i felt super connected to especially like the whole brooklyn folk kids because mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad is from brooklyn ah, okay so the way they kind of describe the brooklyn kids in the in newsies is exactly how i grew up imagining what the brooklyn kids were like from my dad's stories has your dad actually seen newsies yes and every single time like it's brooklyn (laughs) comes on he like freaks out he's like yep that's brooklyn (laughs) like they have that same vibe that mentality right that kind of lasted through the 50s and then things start to really change yeah um and the dodgers left too so and the dodgers left and the cyclones left that's right (laughs) so yeah, my father was a big mm-hmm. Brooklyn Cyclones. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Um, but Newsies is my favorite, and also along a similar vein, mm-hmm. um, West Side Story. Of course. Obviously. Um, but that was kind of more 50s. Yeah. So it's another snapshot in time in New York. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to capture. Yeah. So there's like the turn of the century, and then there's like the 50s, mm-hmm. and then you know with the immigrant populations yeah. then that were really kind of in conflict in the gangs and it's all about like youth culture like yeah. what youth culture is like in new york at a given time is like a perfect snapshot of, like what youth in society is sure in general mm-hmm. i love it so i loved west side story um and those are like the two older ones I, well older <laughs> <laughs> well they are older yeah. is from the 90s no but uh, west side story a super old one yeah. also from the 50s is love with a proper, proper stranger yeah, yeah also natalie wood mm-hmm. steve mcqueen also kind of talks about immigration being mm-hmm. an italian woman in new york city yeah in that time period resonates with me obviously because my family had a lot of italian women in new york in That's that right. time period mm-hmm. going through a similar thing um loved that one and i have so many more <laughs> no that's great this is what i want you're gonna be the centerpiece of the new york Really? Um, because uh brian provenzal actually lived there for a year so oh. he has a little bit of that, but you were there, you know, most of your, yeah, most of your most life. Of so, life. Yeah, so, so this is good. I also think that New York is a great backdrop for romantic comedies mm-hmm. because there's so many people and they're all so closely packed. Sure. That, like, the idea that you would find one person and find huge, love with yeah. one person mm-hmm. in this big city is, like, very romantic, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, like, this one in seven million or whatever. <laughs> um, and there's that whole, I forget which movie it is it starts with. You can sit on a park bench in Central Park and see every person that walked by be a person you've never seen before and never will see again. Yeah, that's true. Like, that is something you can do. And yeah. Just, like, 
that concept always blows people's minds. <laughs> yeah, and so we talked about um, how romantic comedies are kind of like a great setting. And mm-hmm. so many romantic comedies have been filmed yes. in New York City, but my favorites are When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, absolutely. Because New York is very much like the backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. Like they even chronicle like their lives in New York. Right. Because they start so young and. And how they can go years without seeing each other, That's even right. though they live in the same city, right? That can only happen in New York. Uh-huh. So the fun part of that is her hair, how her hairstyle her hair changes in <laughs> the decades. He still right? pretty much looks the same. But, he yeah. always looks the same. Yeah. His fashion changes, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's so cool because they also every time they meet each other, it's like a new season, right? True. Like, so you get to see fall in New York, you get to see winter in yeah. New York, you get to see summer in New York, mm-hmm. and spring, and all of these. New York is very much a four season yes. city, so. It's cool to have a movie that shows it through the decades. Right. Shows these characters, like, meet each other kind of serendipitously. Yeah. Every few years in this city where you never can, you will never see the same no. person twice. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. It's very much like a story of New York is yeah. told through these characters. Mm-hmm. And obviously, at the, the end, it's like a New Year's party and New York is like a, the center of the world on New That's Year's. That's right. Like, it really becomes... The it's center insane. of the yeah, I yeah. don't know if anybody here has been to Manhattan. I haven't. Or Times Square yeah. for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. It is oh, mind blowing. It's crazy. How so? Do you just get st- you just strap it in? You're going to be there all night. Yeah. You're gonna, there's nowhere to go. And yes. That's where it's gonna I be. mean, yes. You get there in the you know afternoon. Yeah. And you just stand there. Yeah. For hours and there's blockades and Yo, sure. police everywhere, obviously, but. I have not done the stand in Times Square and. Like watch the bus. It's too cold for me. Like I yeah. can't stand outside in the winter for more than like four hours, or I fall <laughs> apart. So my friend had a apartment in Hell's Kitchen where mm. you could see the ball from the roof. Nice. So we took the subway into the city on and had like a place to crash on the east side, mm-hmm. and we had to make it to Hell's Kitchen before midnight. Right. With like the entirety of the world in the center of Manhattan. Yeah. So it was just the crossing town was insane. The people not knowing how to use the subway no. is so frustrating for New Yorkers. They're like, oh my God, you put the card in. Just go. Like there's this sense of like, just you don't know how it works. Right. And New Yorkers can't stand that. So let me do it. And then, yeah, yeah, they're like, let me do it. <laughs> and so like crossing town was a huge deal. And then we hung out in her apartment. We drank, we had a great time. We went up to the roof, watched yeah. the ball drop. And then getting back, that yeah. is the craziest I've right. ever seen in Manhattan because everybody's been drinking, drunk yeah. mm-hmm. and nobody knows where they're going. And the trains are all blocked up. Yep. So we just wound up walking. We walked like the 30-something blocks. And everyone's out anyway, right? I mean, yeah, and uh, it's fun. And yeah. it's a nice walk. I mean, it's cold, but you walk fast. Right. And you cross town, and it's kind of fun <laughs> and exciting. But anyway, yeah. New Year's Eve, Harry Met Sally. It's a big a moment one. in their relationship. It's a big moment in people's lives yep. in general. And Manhattan is the backdrop, of course. It's Absolutely. So when Harry Met Sally, second... Um, Along similar lines, rom-com as you've got me. I was about to say. So I wanted to ask you about this. One of the, if you want to call it a criticism, it, it kind of, they say it's not the true New York. It seems like almost too, I don't know, whitewashed. For what? You've got mail or just in general? Yeah, no, like the scene, like it's not the real New York. It seems like a very um, 
I don't know. Sugar-coated. You got mail. Oh, it's yeah. like a sugar-coated version of New York. I mean, most rom-coms are whitewashed. Sure. It's just like a general, huh? yeah. how we make movies in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I any of these like white man meets white woman. Oh, I'm not even talking about like the literally white. The like stuff. more like just like certain you won't see certain neighborhoods in oh. that movie like they kind of condensed it to like a certain like, yeah. section of New York. I think they do that with pretty much all New York movies, okay. especially from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, so it has a certain like, look and feel, yeah. Some of them will try and diversify the, mm-hmm. the neighborhoods, but for the most part it's shot in the village in Greenwich. Got village. it, and that's what I was getting, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's shot in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Like and most of the times because this is where the like film crews can right. like safely and uh, without like interrupting people's lives film. Right. They're real big tourist areas mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay. Whereas if no, you're shooting in Harlem and Brooklyn and mm-hmm. you know, Fidei, any of these like major Manhattan neighborhoods, you're gonna bump into people mm-hmm. and disrupt the day and it's just a mess. <laughs> that's why like coming to America, that's why you go straight to Queens, you know? Queens I mean <laughs> Queens is just ugly. Not, <laughs> but that's why I don't know anybody that's been like, Yeah, let's shoot a movie in Queens and it's about Queens. <laughs> Have you seen Coming to America? No. So the reason he picks he's a prince in a different country. And I believe it's Africa. And he's like, well, I have to find a place that would fit me. So he picks Queens. Queens? Because that would make sense because he wants to find his queen <laughs> type oh, of thing. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. Queens is a fascinating place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got such a cool Jamaican community. Mm-hmm. And I love, I have loved exploring all the boroughs. Yeah. But Queens is the weirdest one. Really? Yeah. It's definitely, was predominantly a Jewish community mm-hmm. up until like the 70s and 80s. Okay. A lot of the Jews moved to Long Island, mm. moved to uh, New Jersey, and kind of the, the the Queens took like more of a like Caribbean islands and like Jamaican, mm-hmm. African, like a really rich, diverse. There was a lot of uh, Latinos mm-hmm. in Queens now. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the Bronx was Italian and Jewish. Right. Italian and Jewish until like the 80s and 90s. It's Puerto Rican. It's just like little Puerto Rico. Right, right. So these demographic shifts are fascinating. Yeah. yeah. But that's what's cool about movies. If you, you can see, the, see yeah. it change, right? Like I think any movies that are shot in like the Bronx, mm-hmm. there's like a misconnection because some a lot of the movies are white, obviously. Yeah. Like white people. Mm-hmm. They, the, the white person idea of the Bronx is still very much like Italians Italian. and Jews. You're right. But they go to shoot movies that are like, and write movies that are set in the Bronx now, mm-hmm. and they kind of like skip over the fact that the Italians and Jews are kind of not really there anymore. Right. So that's why it's an interesting, I believe the latest Spider-Man, is that shot in the Bronx? Homecoming? I don't remember where. Because it's more diverse than any of the Spider movies. I Spider-Man loved movies. it. Oh, so, you know, yeah, the yeah. school that he went yeah. to, it, it's supposed to be the Bronx because yeah. my mother went to Bronx High School of Science. Right. And his high school, mm-hmm. that was the most refreshing right. thing yeah. to see. He went to Bronx, the school he went to is Bronx High School of Science. Yeah. Right. They model it off of Bronx High School of Science. And the diversity the, was awesome. Yeah, it made sense. And that's what that's Bronx what High School of Science looks like and now. And that's what they were saying, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, when my mom was there, it was all Italian. Sure. Sure. Jews, but but that leads along what, how they're changing it. Like they're actually yeah, doing like what. So much. Yeah, that's why it works. This is yeah. what I loved. I told you yesterday how much I love Spider Man: yeah, Homecoming. Yeah. It's on my New York list, mm-hmm. but we talked about it recently. I think so. I, I just loved how they captured for the first time. It no. really felt like what it's really like. This is in New York. Yeah. This is a New York kid mm-hmm. just on the streets. He gets it. He knows the city. Yeah. Like, 
It was cool. Mm -hmm. And the different characters, different colors. It It was was great. great. Yeah, it was well done. Um, You've got mail, however. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to go back to that. It's still a great movie. Great movie because of what it talked about in terms of New York's corporations interacting with New York's small businesses. That was really cool. Like the, the economic discussion that it kind of sparked. I mean, it's problematic in so many ways <laughs> but in terms of like, like a new york movie it really captures like the small new york shop in the sure. village kind of being displaced by this big corporate bookstore right. and the feeling you get like in new york when you pass like a big corporation and find like a smaller business yeah. and that feeling so that was really cool mm-hmm. um I yeah it's that. really fun because you don't have people like her where she's almost like a librarian. Yeah. And, you know, she does the, the little things that people enjoy. And, yeah. Uh, but you just, you're not going to have that in a in a big corporate bookstore. Yeah, like the, the charm of little New York shops. They're mm-hmm. all still there, you yeah. know? Like, they really are. It's just, they're get, a lot of them got displaced in the yeah. 90s because of corporate, you know. And Amazon. <laughs> so, and online, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, the internet changed it so much. Yeah. But, you know, the lack of regulation on a lot of these corporations sure. is... Deregulated capitalism in the eighties is like a huge reason why so many of these small businesses mm-hmm. just lost to the competition. They get eaten up by everything else. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a good representation of that. Mm-hmm. It's a good representation of of the city mm-hmm. in terms of like what it's like to work in the city, right. for sure. And definitely like the city during the technological revolution. That's a good point. The dot com boom, right? Like. How does that affect right in the mid nineties the anonymity of living in New York City? Yeah. Right, the interaction of uh, you're online and you meet a rando who's also says he's from New York. Yeah. Like, what are the chances you're actually going to bump into him? You live in the same city, yeah. but the New York aspect kind of like explores the idea of anonymity online a little bit, and I yeah. thought that was really cool and really at the forefront. I mean, now it's forever dated because of, of AOL course. and you've got mail, but it's still fun. It's still cute. And, it's yeah. an important. Yeah piece of you know yeah, things grow. time absolutely time it's a, snapshot it is i it love is it. A center, it is a time piece is a yeah. certain snapshot in time okay so it's what you have other ones uh, the last one i have yeah. is fantastic beasts and where to find them which i've is, never seen that so it's okay. new okay. Yeah. um but it's another period piece mm-hmm. so it you know flashes back to what new york was like when you know you could just walk into ellis island with a suitcase mm, okay and you know blow up <laughs> Oops, the city on accident with <laughs> your magical creatures. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a cool uh, snapshot of of that time mm-hmm. period and, and the banks and systems and yeah. the churches and, and, you know, it was cool. I liked it. The other good Ellis Island one is the second Godfather. So you actually yeah. see Vito yeah. show up alone, couldn't yep. speak English or he basically mm-hmm. didn't talk. And they just put him to the side. They gave him his little health test. And yeah. My father way. used to tell me that Tony was a popular name for young Italian men uh-huh. and coming through Ellis Island because they're, you know, they carried a piece of paper that said they were going to New York. Tony. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, of course it's a, he was lying. Yeah. It's Antonio. Like, yeah, of they, course. It's a nickname. But that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. he thought it was funny. So yeah. he would tell me that joke all the well, time. Well, look, my original, my name is Davis. That's what they shortened it to, but it was really Davidovich. And so that's oh, what they yeah. did. So they had to Americanize it or just make it yeah. easier. So. That's the thing with the Italian names, though. They didn't, they didn't change them. No, no. Yeah, all of our Italian names are the same. But I think a lot of the Slavic names were definitely The Slavic ones, the Jewish ones. Yeah. The ones that sounded Jewish, like... 
the anti-Semitism is strong. Yeah. So. Yeah, you wanted to, and it definitely happened in Hollywood. Where oh, yeah. that's why a lot of people did change their name. So. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know why my uncle changed his name because he was working with big name Italian producers, mm. Scorsese. You know. Yeah. So I don't really understand why he thought changing his name. I mean. Right. I don't know, but I think some people back then it was just fun to change your name. Like you just had to have a yeah, a stage name. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. All right, as always, cool. thank you so much, Enrique. Thank you. All right, PD is back. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you. So for this week, we're going we've been doing our city theme, and this week we're going to cover New York. New York. Uh, New York. That's right. <laughs> so I've never been to New York. Uh, eventually, I, I guarantee we'll get Enrica, so she'll she'll be yeah. fun with that. So, um, but yeah, I yeah. lived in New York. Well, I lived in Brooklyn for a year. Oh wow, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, okay. um, and that was kind of a it was odd because my wife got a job out there and we moved out there. But I I'd been to New York a few times. Mm-hmm. It's always a city I think from movies that I always really really wanted to go to. Right, and it was just just I always had it was drawn there, and then. Um, Moved out there, but I didn't get a job out there, so I had to find a job somewhere. And I ended up, we ended up, I get a job in Philly, and then I moved to Philly for a year. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we'll have to do Before, Philadelphia yeah, movies. Rocky, <laughs> it got to be Rocky. Rocky, yes. Yes. Rocky, Rocky two, yes, Rocky three. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, anyway, so yeah, New York is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of incredible to live there for a year. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it's like if you're from there. Enrico will have to give her a perspective yeah. on that, but mm-hmm. yeah. So, but she wasn't in New York City per se. She was kind of on the outskirts. Yeah, I probably so, yeah. visited a lot. I, exactly. I guess, yeah. And it's so. funny because she lived in Pittsburgh, I believe, for a while too. Yeah. So we'll have to get into that as well. Pittsburgh, but, yeah. Cool. So all right. So you you've been there. You enjoyed it. And now mm-hmm. we're going to get to the actual movies. All that, right. Yeah. Okay. And so in no particular order. Sure. A bunch of movies. I mean, there's so many movies set in New York. I yeah. think I'll, actually. A lot of movies set in New York are now filmed in Toronto and other Canadian cities because it's too expensive to film in New York. That's but, right. But there's a fair amount that goes on in New York. And actually, when I was living there, they were filming um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the block next to mine. So that's that was the, the one Andrew Garfield. Yes. Um, emo. Emo. Uh, emo Spidey. Spidey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a scene. I saw Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, it was, I think it was. I think he visits her house, and it's like this brownstone. And this, it was, I think it was supposed to take place in Queens, but they used street in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he was, I think he was just at the at her door or something. And she Dennis was, Leary's uh, house, because that's yeah, her dad. I think but so. yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, Emma Stone was there. So yeah, they basically shut down our street and the street oh, behind wow. ours, and the street behind ours is where they did all the filming. And like they had all their trailers all over oh, like, our street. Uh-huh. Where this is by uh, Prospect Park, if anyone's familiar okay. with Brooklyn. So it's a it's a big park. Not quite as big as uh, Central Park in Manhattan, mm. but it's a uh, pretty well known if you're from that area. Well, she to me, she was the best part of the film because I think yeah. she would have played. She was too young, but she would have been a better MJ than Kristen. Yeah, Dunn's. probably. Yeah. yeah, but they they decided to use the Gwen Stacy story, which, which I get you know, made sense. Yeah, you know, they wanted to do something different. Different. I mean, at least they did that, and it wasn't a total remake. of yeah. the, the Toby Maguire. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to our movie villain one, um, Reese Irvin. Or who played the lizard? Oh yeah, he was actually pretty good. He could have been on the list. Yeah, but, he was yeah. good. I yeah. liked. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I kind of forgot about those movies when yeah. we were talking about the villain because I I was kind of underwhelmed. I did. You know, it's funny. I before we even moved to Brooklyn, I saw the um, the first Andrew Garfield movie in Brooklyn. We were looking okay. for a place to live, and we were like, we got, let's go to the movies. Hey, Spider Man's friend, mm. let's go see that. Mm-hmm. So we saw that. But yeah, it was kind of. Did you like Homecoming? I haven't seen it. Yet. Okay, yeah, you check it out. I haven't been able to get to the theater, but yeah, it's, it's on video now. So it's I can, in New York. I rent Actually, it, yeah. it is. I think it takes place in Brooklyn too. Yeah. So there you go. Spidey. Yeah, I love Spidey. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, French Connection is my first movie on the oh, list. Oh, that's a good uh, one. Gene yes. Hackman. Uh, I think it's seventy what four seventy three yeah something yeah. like that. It was uh, great 
cop movie. Mm-hmm. He's trying to bust a drug ring. Yep. Um, and there's a great car chase scene under the elevated uh, train. Yep. And I don't know. It's just, it's really cool. I, it is. Yeah. Um, it's, you got to watch both. But the second one's definitely darker because he's trying oh, to get himself off heroin. He's in, oh, I, I believe, was, in I France now. Sequel. Oh, you really? Oh, okay, I have to let you borrow that. Okay. Wow. Okay. But um, yeah, because the first one ends kind of ambiguously. Yeah, ambiguous, and I thought that yeah. was that was pretty good because you don't you had, didn't have a lot of resolution. Yeah. So you definitely get some resolution in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let it. you borrow that one. All right, I'll have to check that out. Um, next was Ghostbusters. Oh, oh yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's very, I don't know, that felt like very 80s New York. Not that I lived there in the 80s, mm-hmm. or, but it just, to me, it was like it kind of represents that that era of New York. Sure. And even the mayor, like, I think it was kind of supposed to be like Ed Koch, yeah. who's the mayor of New York in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I, the, you know, the, the high-rise apartment building where yeah. the, most of the action takes place mm-hmm. and their weird, their funky fire station house. Yeah. Firehouse. I don't know. It was, Ghostbusters is a classic. It and, is. It's very New York centric, New York feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end, when of course the whole tent, the old place is getting inundated by yeah. by marshmallows. Yeah, and <laughs> so you like see that. the yeah the shots of Manhattan. Yeah, and there's yeah the ghosts flying all over the city, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's fun. Uh, next is Taxi Driver, which I mean, you know, taxis are ubiquitous in Manhattan. Yeah, maybe not as much now that Uber is so prevalent. <laughs> really I, don't, I don't know what I haven't really been there since Uber, Uber and all the ride sharing. Well, you know Hollywood's off. out of ideas, so it's going to be Uber driver right. starring Uber driver. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Chris yeah. Pratt or something like that. So <laughs> we'll see. It's hard to imagine him as, yeah. as a bad guy like that. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, De Niro, scored, and pretty much any Scorsese movie that took place in New York, it yeah. could be on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, most, of, most of his movies are great. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, that one's, I don't, it's one of the few Scorsese movies that isn't super, super long either. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. yeah it's, I think it's like around two hours. Yeah. And, Jodie Foster is great. As she's only like twelve or thirteen. Exactly, she was great. Nuts. Child actor. Yeah. yeah Civil Shepherds in that movie. I know. Like, yeah, you forget. That's kind of the love interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty good. Anyway, uh, next one is Big. Great one. Tom Hanks gets to basically he you know he makes the wish to grow up. Yep. And he ends up working at, for a toy company, and there's a great scene in the FAO Schwartz. And oh, like, yeah. Once I saw that, I'm like, God, someday I have Everyone, to go there. Yeah. That, and I did. I went to that FAO Schwartz, and they oh. did have the piano thing there. And it's, uh-huh. I think they actually closed it now, which is really oh, sad. Oh, that's a bummer. Or maybe that's the only one. I think FAO Schwartz has a chain closed, or maybe that one is still open. Okay. I'm, I'm not positive, but yeah, it's a pretty awesome store. It's like three or four stories of toys, and there's big escalator it's, it's pretty cool place. and there's the power of movies because yeah. even if uh you know people are going to visit fa shorts just to try that <laughs> piano like exactly. that on the floor so it's, it's so cool yeah that's, yeah that's neat um godfather one and two yeah both of them really and what i mean different eras of new york sure you no know, i will i guess well, the godfather takes place in what like the 50s is that what or 40s i want to say if probably 40s 40s yeah, yeah. Because then, then he moves to, I, I want to say they're in Tahoe in the 50s, right? Yeah, and Godfather 2. Yeah, like so it's probably the yeah. 30s and 40s, yeah. Yeah, so Godfather 2 takes well, place. Well, that would make sense. He was in the military, so probably yeah, World War II. World War II, yeah, so okay. like late yeah. 40s mm-hmm. probably, yeah, and then early 50s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Godfather 1, New York, Manhattan. Godfather 2 is old new, old Manhattan when, yeah. when Vito's there, when yeah, he's young. Exactly. So it's a lot early. What's the 20s probably or teens maybe? Probably the 20s. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's cool to, to see the contrast. of the Definitely. Movie. And they did a really good job with the costumes and, and yeah. kind of look and feel. It yeah. felt like you were back then. Yeah. yeah. Great one. 
And next is Avengers. Hey, of course, yes. The, they, yeah, the first Avengers, which they is, destroy you know, the they destroyed Manhattan. <laughs> I think a lot of movies have destroyed Manhattan. That's right, especially more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, was one of the better ones. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's cool better to see Captain America and yeah. Hulk bouncing all over the buildings mm-hmm. and fighting, and it's I don't know, it's really fun. One of my favorite superhero movies, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It was cool that it was in Manhattan. Yeah, and they did a good job not because uh, they had so many characters. They did a great job, really. Yeah, nice. I think that was the first uh, first superhero movie to pull off having so many yeah say, like villains and, mm-hmm. and heroes at the same time. Yeah, I think a lot had tried before that, and I was really worried going into that. I was like, oh yeah. man, this is going to be terrible because you know nothing else has ever succeeded that way. That's right. So. You don't want a Spider-Man three yeah. fiasco. So yeah. yes, <laughs> All right. And then last but not least is the natural. I, you almost forget that it is New York. Yeah, it's like the, the New York, New York Knights. Knights. Yeah. I mean, a fictional team. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the stadium they played in, I don't even think that was in New York. But mm-hmm. the you know any everything outside the stadium t- takes place in New York. In okay. Manhattan it's probably so it a takeoff of the Polo Grounds. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think they... I forget where they... Maybe it was in Pittsburgh or... Okay. I, I can't remember. I have to look that up mm-hmm. to see where they actually filmed. Or it might have been a minor league... That, made, that would make that sense. They converted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, the natural. That's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to think of other scenes. Like, because he was a farm boy. He probably lived in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, like so like Iowa or yeah. some, somewhere like yeah. that. Yeah, and, then probably, ends up, yeah. and then there's a, you know, when he goes back to Chicago for yeah. that, that scene where he reunites with Iris. Yeah. 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 So that, I think that was done at Wrigley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, the rest of it's uh, pretty much New York. Yeah. Probably. Well, speaking of Chicago, we're going to probably get into that next. So. All right. All good. right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Okay. We're back with Linley. Welcome back. Thank you. Low talker. All right. <laughs> at least I'm not a close talker. That's, oh, God. That's, yeah, I can never accuse you of that. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about our favorite New York movies, mm-hmm. New York City. And we're going to talk about what your list is for that. So. Um, My list is long because every movie. You have more New York movies than like San Francisco. Way more New York movies than San Francisco. Okay. Um, I also classified them. Oh, as good. Classic movies I loved as a kid. Yeah. Independent. And then there were well, I won't list these ones. I had movies I listed as movies I want to see. So but I'm not get, naming them. I, I know one of them, but I won't say it yet because it's probably going to be on the list. But movies I want to see. No, no, oh, the independent ones. I'm sure so. you know a lot of movies. I'm sure you know a lot of movies. Well, on we'll my see. List. So okay. we'll, let's start. with we, do anything you want. So we'll go. Classic. Your, yes. Well, these are probably ones that everybody picked. Mm-hmm. Classic. Taxi Driver. Yep. Serpico. I mean, Taxi Driver. I think is an Sorry. amazing <laughs> look at that gritty period before 70s. New York got was cleaned up. Yeah. yeah and what's crazy is that. Um, now on HBO, they mm-hmm. have that TV show that uh, James Franco is producing, directing. Okay. And it's also the, the David Simon, who did The Wire, mm-hmm. is doing it. So it's a recreation of the um, of that of Times Square area, like mm-hmm. just the really gritty New York of the 70s. Yeah, before they cleaned um, it up. So he said, yeah. I'm trying to basically recreate Taxi Driver, but what's horrible is like he could just go out and film yeah like scorsese could just go out and film the streets but we actually have to recreate one you know a couple of city blocks have to be recreated to look like it is gritty taxi drivers and that was the fun but filming in these specific cities back way in the 70s and before like you didn't have to get permits for the most part probably yeah yeah, go and film and um yeah and the taxi drivers i'm i hope they don't remake it but i can see them remake it you know, starring it's whoever. influenced a lot of things. Oh, but it that has. would be a terrible remake. Are they crazy? That would be terrible. Oh, they remake. But a lot I know of they stuff. remake everything. But yeah, I mean, Jodie Foster 
is really great as a child She's actress. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and of course, that's a great De Niro. Movie. So, yeah. mm -hmm. And it's one of the few Scorsese movies that isn't like three and a half hours long either. So. Yeah, and it's also just terrifying. Like I it can't is. even imagine being in New York at that time period. Yeah. You know, yeah. Was Before Midnight... it's cleaned up by Giuliani. I want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to say, was Midnight Cowboy filmed in New York? That's on my list. Okay, there we go. Because so, that reminds me of like the grittiness. Like, that's on my list. Like, it's like oh, it's good. a classic. Good. Oh, wait, I have one. Okay, so Serpico. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, West Side Story. Yep. Though I still think it wasn't actually filmed in New York. Maybe it was. Mm hmm. Um, another, well, I have this in the classics, but it could also be in one I loved as a kid, mm -hmm. is Tootsie. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a very New York story. Yeah, so you like definitely. a struggling actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. That, that one, movie, you know, that one's I, also gritty. I wasn't ready. I, I was probably too young to watch that. <laughs> Did you watch it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I was no, like, oh! Watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like watched Taxi Hoffman. Driver, Serpico, and Midnight Cowboy as in it, like, uh, like in my twenties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to say I was in high school because everyone's telling you like this is a classic. You yeah, see you it. have to but watch it. I, right. I wasn't emotionally ready for <laughs> what goes on in Midnight Cowboy and stuff like that, like the movie theater scenes. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's a yeah. It's also gritty. Yeah. Um, another one, Jacob's Ladder. Oh yeah, with Tim Robbins. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a really. It's a powerful movie. That's a good movie, and it yeah. takes place all over in the subways and all over New York. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This one is not a classic. I don't know. It's miscategorized. Um, we're all moving. This is, this is its own category. Men in Black. Um, That's true. That is in New York. It's yeah, all over yeah. New York, and I lo I really love that movie. We rewatch it a lot. Well, as your a boyfriend family. is in which one? Yeah, oh, Vincent D'Onofrio is in the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably on the verge of when he started to gain the Law and Order weight. The, what is that? What TV show is he on? Law and Order. It was. Um, He's on some TV show. Yeah, Criminal Intent. I is that Law and Order? Yes, that's not. It's, a it's Law and Order. Of, criminal Intent. Yes. I'm gonna have to start watching that. Yes. He's, yeah. <laughs> and his partner in the in the show is really now good that too. I'm middle aged, I feel like the middle aged Vincent D'Onofrio is speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Full Metal Jacket? Full Metal Jacket. Oh no, I definitely don't it. like that. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So then, in the category of movies I loved as a kid. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Absolutely. Brian, yeah. Brian picked that one. That's okay. a great one. Yeah. Um, Desperately Seeking Susan. Ah, that's, I didn't realize. Yes. Yeah. It's, and that role was basically created for Madonna. For Madonna. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love that movie. I love Rosanna Arquette's yeah, character in great. it. And, and yeah. the guy in it seems like he was on a lot of 80s movies. He was movies. in a lot of 80s yeah. movies, but who is he? I don't, I couldn't. I can't remember. But it's a fun, cheesy, you know. Yeah. It's totally fun. And I yeah. want to say Rosanna Arquette's husband in that. Was in the first Crocodile Dundee? Oh, no idea. There's another really? good New York one. I would have to look him up. <laughs> <Crocodile Dundee. laughs> That'd be a classic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I just, I think it would be great to watch now because of just the 80s yeah. style and fashion that yeah. was then. That was, became, like just became the iconic fashion That's of that right. time. Was I mean, basically Madonna. I mean, she really did create that She did. She yeah. was a club kid. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. Yeah. Um, Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> that's okay. that's, yes. no, that's a classic. They're movie. all they, they basically go all around New York. And then, yeah, uh, weren't they uh, roller skating? Probably. Or something in I Central think Park? ice skating, right? Ice, ice skating. skating yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Working Girl. Great one. I love that one. Absolutely. I love the scene of her leaving the Staten Island into Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, and then everybody. Wearing their tennis shoes, like yeah. the classic working woman scene that What's they crazy. wear their tennis shoes to work. And maybe it was just how 
as good as the 70s were for Academy Award yeah. winners, the 80s were horrible. Yes. And, and this isn't a detriment to Working Girl, but yeah. Working Girl was actually nominated for an Oscar oh, for Best Picture. For Best Picture. And it's a kind of a comedy, which is kind of crazy. It's a goofy, yeah, romantic yeah. comedy, right? 80, kind 80, of. yeah. I think so, something like that, so yeah. a weak decade. For as good as yeah. the decade is, it was bad for Working Girl. I love Working Girl. It's very oh, classic, too. very shoulder pads, big hair. I'm almost surprised they didn't do a sequel, you know, because it did really well. Or to remake it. I can or, totally see yeah. them remaking it. Yeah, who would you get to play the Melanie Griffith role? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is everything. Then who do you get to play the Scorny Weaver? Because she... You get Sigourney Weaver yeah, that's to play good it again. Boy. She looks good. And bring she back Harrison Ford. Yes. There you go. They're still working. <laughs> oh, poor Melanie Griffith. Oh, <laughs> well, she had the plastic surgery. Yeah, she's not, so, looking, yeah. not looking great. I think her mom probably looks better than her. Yeah. Tippy still looks good. Tippy does. Well, yeah. she retired. She she's did. in Carmel. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They all go to Carmel. Yeah. George Day and mm. Bunny Swift. Yeah. Okay, Fame. Yes. Classic New York yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. I wish I, I wanted to go to that high school, even though I had no desire to play <laughs> music or sing. dance or sing. But. Did you ever watch a TV show? Yeah, of course. Okay. I loved the TV show. One episode scarred and me And I was so in the play. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what uh, role did you play? Um... I played no, no non-main non, non character. Okay. Yeah. I had like four lines. Um, you didn't play the Irene Cara no. character? character. <laughs> what was her name in that? Uh, Coco? Coco. Trinjoli. Yeah. The horrible scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, anyway, the TV but show. very apropos. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, Sorry, exactly. Harvey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Early Clearly, yes. everybody knew. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's going yeah. on with Hollywood is absolutely insane. Pretty crazy. Though it's, I, I guess, a well-known. Yeah, it's yeah. a well-known fact. I don't know why everybody is freaking out about it. Like it's, I mean, I'm saying it's, it's horrible good. and yeah. should be punished, of it's, course. But, but it's good it's coming out. It's been known forever, so yeah. it's crazy. Um, but going back to fame, the, yeah. I, one episode that stuck out, I remember watching, girl was doing cocaine, and in the middle of her school, in her school day, yeah. her nose started bleeding, and I'm like, I am never going to try cocaine ever, because this freaks me out, and then she ended up dying, so that's, oh God, because yeah. it was the height of the mid-80s where, um, you know, just say no, and then... A there basketball, a that, famous yeah. uh, college basketball player got drafted by the Celtics, uh -huh. and then the day after he got drafted, Len he Bias, died. he died from a cocaine. From cocaine? Order. Yeah, and so that was... I didn't know you would OD from cocaine. You do? I think he had a pre-existing condition that he didn't oh, know okay. about, yeah, and yeah. just it sped up his heart. I thought it was, yeah, was heroin, or the heroin. speed balls, yeah. right? Which is... Like an eight ball, yeah. Is that what you call him? I'm saying I, it I don't wrong. know. I'm telling what the, <laughs> what the kids have that's been That's what Mitch Hedberg died of, yes. is a speed... I mean, I want to call it a speed ball. I think that's what Mark Maron called it. It's right. like heroin and cocaine or yes. heroin and crack. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not... Don't come here I'm for drug... Uh, I'm not yeah. in the know. Yeah, I don't There's know. There's better uh, podcasts for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so Fame. Okay, Fame. The last one on this list Big is classic. The Money Pit. That's... A, Oh yeah, because yeah, it's on the York. outskirts of yeah, New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they it's, are in they're in Manhattan, but then they buy that big house right. in some yeah. I wonder outside of New York. I want to see the original. So the original is Mr. Blanding's builds his dream house. Oh, that's like so, in Connecticut or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm talking about the Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah no, no, I know. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I don't know the. Original. I was just I was trying to remember if because that one's Cary Grant and Myrna White, and I think they go to Connecticut. Oh, okay, but I that's probably where they are too. I mean, they may be in Connecticut yeah. in this one as well. But they're in but the, part of it takes place in the city. That's yeah. a fun. It's a really fun movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's always on. Too. And you don't see Shelley Long much anymore. I love Shelley Long. She was great. She was on movies in the eighties. She's in. She appears once in a while in Modern Family as like oh, a right? mom. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, she was. Yeah, she was great. She was great. She, she was a great comedic actress. She was cheers for her movie know, career, which never really took off, right? 
She was in some good... So, um, the one with uh, the Ron Howard's first uh, Night Shift, his first directorial, mm-hmm. with um, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and Fonzie. I can't remember his <laughs> <Yeah>. name. <laughs> Fonzie. Uh, oh. Happy Days. Uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Yes. Jeez, thank you. She plays a prostitute and oh, her, her so pimps. And she so does not look like a no, prostitute. No, but 1982, you can do that's whatever you want. bad casting. Bad she casting. She was in um, did you, The Money Pit. Yeah. Did you ever see Hello Beverly, Again? Camp Beverly Hills. Yeah, Camp, oh, I know oh, Hello Again. She yeah. played like the hot... She dies and then yeah. Comes oh back right, back. sorry. She's the she's the court. Yeah, she's the one she's, who dies. And, right. Yeah. I just of, watched that recently. It's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah. No, no, no. You think of all of me. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of all of me. What's hello again? That's hello again same is premise. similar. Yeah, she dies. <laughs> it's the same because Lily Tomlin dies. Yes. And then goes into his body. Right. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. This time she doesn't necessarily go in the body, but she's a spirit. Okay. Which, and her sister can see her, and, and her sister's like I one of those. It. I got it. I think you'd like it. If you like all of me, you'd like I that, I love too. all of me, yeah. There was a lot of those movies, like Death Becomes Her and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And then uh, she was the mom in the the, the uh, Brady Bunch movies. Yes, right. So, that was a good role for her. Yeah. She did look like the original. But yeah, thank you for bringing up Troop Beverly Hills. Like, Troop Beverly Hills. What a thrill. Hills. <laughs> uh, that was one of my sister's favorites. Really? I got stuck watching. You got, yes. what, you watched it a lot. Absolutely. It's a fun movie. I don't know that I've ever watched it. Your daughter might like it. Yeah, I, we should we should watch those classic those and types make of her, movies. Yeah, you can do the Freddy with her. So, <laughs> but okay. You will if you watch the movies. So. I'll put in a clip. Okay. What other movies? Or is that These it? are now independent films. Okay, in your yep. Crooklyn. Crooklyn Never is heard a of it. Spike Lee mm-hmm. movie. It's great. Um, What's it about? It's basically his. It's basically a biography of him okay. growing up, but he's not the main character. The main character is. Um, a girl okay. who is growing up in a family of all boys. Mm-hmm. He's one of the brothers in this family. Um, and, yeah, it's from her perspective. Like, she's the protagonist. So okay. I relate to that because I'm the only female in a all-male all family. Yes. Uh-huh. I have three older brothers. Which I heard so. you venting about <laughs> earlier. So, yeah, so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, her. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's funny. Um, and then her mom. I mean, it's, yeah, I tried to watch it with my kids because I was like, oh, God, it's such a great movie. And it's pretty, it's PG. Yeah. But it was, like, too rough for them because it's, like, this rough Brooklyn neighborhood. The kids are so mean to each other. And it was just, like, yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty foreign It's good. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Yeah, they're very privileged. I mean, like, protected. You know, California. they don't have this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the other one is Squid and the Whale. Never have heard you seen of it. that? No. Squid and the Whale? Oh, it's great. It's Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. And um, who's the... The guy who played Mark Zuckerberg in the social network. Yes, he also played Lex Luthor. Um, yeah, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he stars in it. I think it's one of his first movies. He's mm-hmm. kind of like a teenager. Anyway, yeah, it's just a great movie. He's also and definitely in the seventy. It takes it's. Oh yeah, I <laughs> love Adventureland. Um, that's one of my favorite. I love it. Adventureland really? is really good. Um, in, anyway, again, it's like mm-hmm. depicting the seventies of New York. Not it was filmed after the seventies. Right. It was filmed a few years ago, but. Um, yeah, so it's just a really good, you know, going back in time mm-hmm. to see how things were. So I figured you'd pick the Julie Delpy movies. Where I do. Two okay. Days in New York. Yes, exactly. Just Two Days in New York. Yeah. yeah. I did pick that. Of course I did. Because they were, they were in Paris, New York, and what was the other one? No, it's just those two. Oh, Two okay. Days in Paris and Two Days in New York. So the yeah. one in New York, Chris Rock's in, right? The other, yeah. Okay. Two Days in New York, Chris yeah. Rock is her husband. Yes. Yeah. Um, but she has a child with the Adam Goldberg character from yes. Two Days in Paris. But you never, I don't think you ever see Adam Goldberg never appears in Two Days in New York. Okay. He was her boyfriend in Two Days in Paris. Okay. Um, and the movie that she has three of is those Before Midnight. That's oh, right. The, That's it's what kind of a similar, yeah. similar vein. But, but you hate um, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, but you, like, you can 
I do hate yeah. him, but um, yeah. And I only like the third movie. I could relate to, not the first two. Because other ones, they're getting, they're older, right? They're not. The, the third movie, they've been married for many years, right. but yeah. So I related to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of the would, movie would... where they're falling in love. I'm like, ugh. Well, if you saw it, like when it first came out, you've actually grown up with them, right? I did see it back then. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawke yeah. never did it for yeah, me. You and never um, liked him. Uh, Sarah, who's on this all the time, hate. She just wants to punch him in the face. I do time. want to punch yeah. him in the face. It's just, I think it's really from that um, that movie with Winona Ryder, where he's just such an asshole. Oh yeah, yeah, what's that called? So Reality, Reality bites. bites. Reality yeah. bites. Mm-hmm. You like Ben Stiller? Saw but that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but. He's such an asshole in that I just feel like I dated like every <laughs> every, Ethan every like Ethan Hawk in my life is is perpetuated right there. Um, so I the think, last one you will hate, yeah. Tiny Furniture, but it's okay. Lena Dunham's. Lena Dunham's. Yeah, I'm not a fan of her. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but her it was a really interesting first film to put out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. It was pre it's what got her girls the TV show okay. girls, but it yeah. I just saw her I, very short like in a movie. Or she was acting, asking for a script or something like that. Maybe this is, I don't know what Tiny it is. Furniture? Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, in Tiny Furniture, it's basically her and the whole film. It was okay. it was an independent mm-hmm. movie that she did. Um, basically bi- biographical because it takes place in, I think she films her her actual mother, her actual sister, and it's in their apartment okay. in Manhattan. Um, and her mom is an artist. Mm-hmm. Well, both her parents yeah, are both artists. artists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So she kind of grew up in that. Yeah. That culture. Yes. But it's yeah, it's it's a it was it was I think it's been done now many many mm-hmm. times so it's not as interesting. But at the time it came out, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Any other ones? Or that, that's, that's all your, I had. That's a lot. So you did a good job. New York. Everything is filmed in New York. New York you, I could have come up with like twenty more movies that I love. Well, and go I, ahead. You know what's specifically missing? Woody Allen. Yes. Because yeah. I will not name him. <laughs> those I probably even won't. though I love those movies, but now I just can't. And the whole and what he said about Harvey Which Weinstein is, oh, yeah. afterwards, it's like, oh, thanks. Well, yeah. yeah, what we well, need to do from you, it's going to be a witch hunt yeah. of all the pe- of all of us pedophiles yeah. Yeah, and rapists. Where's Polanski now? You <laughs> yeah. better go there. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. uh, God. Well, maybe they'll just vote him out of the Academy. But they want. That's, that's what they said. Why yeah. haven't they voted him and Polanski? Did you know that the Bill one Cosby? guy they voted out? Did you hear about the other guy they voted out? It's great. You compare him to Harvey Weinstein, who's yeah. a total scumbag, and then you have the guy that got voted out was giving his VHS VHS movie somebody had been copying him, okay. copying those, you know, because you get yeah. those tapes yeah, to yeah, watch, yeah. and so they kicked him out of the academy for that. So you compare because he was selling them, or was he just loaning them to someone? Supposedly, who was... one of his workers was taking the tapes he I had got it. and then basically dubbing them and then handing them out. Which you, you're not supposed to give out those screeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I've been given a screener, but yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> he got kicked out of the academy for that. So, oh my god. So you have Harvey, so a horrible person, That's and ridiculous. the guy who basically was bootlegging. Gave out a yeah. Interesting Hollywood. You yeah. Know? So anyway, thank you, Crazy. Lindley. Okay. Yes. All right. It took her five weeks to come up with this list, but Yay. it's gonna maybe. <laughs> so for each pick, it took a week. But that's okay. But Danielle is back, and this week we're going to do your favorite New York movies. Yes. And uh, I'm curious, because you have you been to New York before? No. Oh, okay. So that's okay. I haven't no. either. But, <laughs> but that's okay. So you can live vicariously through movies, and we're going to find out what are your favorite New York movies. Uh, and you came up with the top six? Of course. Of course, because five is just... <laughs> no, this yeah. is six and a half. Oh, not again. I have a honorary. Honorary, yeah. Yes. Okay. Citation, but <laughs> okay. So for number, we'll, we'll go with number six, or do you want to go with six and a half first? 
No, six. Okay, we'll go to six. <laughs> How can I say? Yeah, yes, you can say. <laughs> so my number six is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Jim Carrey? And yes. Yeah, Kate Winslet? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about this city. I don't remember about this city. <laughs> but, no, I know it's in New York, but, but I don't remember like where they walk or locations and stuff. But I remember the movie and uh, I really liked the movie. It was, it is an inspiration. It's a very philosophic movie. And I know the inspiration, like the, the title is a quote of Pope. And uh, there is, I don't know the name of the philosopher. It's very, everybody knows it, but I cannot pronounce it. Mm -hmm. And this is his theory, it's based on his theory that could you do, could you live with the same choice for the rest of your life? So that, that it is. Would you make the same mistake over and over again? If you, know? you, if you could change it. If, yeah. Got it. So uh, that's the movie it is about. And I didn't know. So I went to watch in the movie theater. And that made me think, oh, wow, that, that is, it's beyond the, just like erase the memory and it's romantic. Because I don't like romantic movies at all. I went to this one by accident <laughs> with a friend. And then when I went home, wait, that, that's something more on this move and I went to look it up and it is like all philosophy mm -hmm. based so that's why I think that's why I like it yeah. <laughs> well that's a thing it's a chain reaction so it's not just you change one thing it changes everything yeah but one small thing could change yeah everything. so the theory is like what do I want now do I want it forever right it's not only like relationships and everything no, it's your everything. career or whatever yep. so I like it so this is my number six and it was in New York I know there's New York. <laughs> they live in New York. Your other picture would be interesting, yeah. So, oh my goodness! So, I asked you if I, we did. We need the city being the mayor. You said no. So uh, no, you're right. So go it's ahead. Not my fault. Not your fault. <laughs> so my number five is Rosemary's Babe. Yeah, definitely. Because they're, they're, it yeah. is. It is like the actor. They moved to that uh, rich uh, building, yeah. right? It's considered very rich, but yeah. old style. I think they're in Manhattan, right? I think so, yeah. yes. Uh, but there is not too much outside. Is everything well, she's inside. locked in the house. Yeah. Well, when she goes to the doctor, yeah. you can see the street, but that's about that. So yeah. it's more like, because I like the movie, I don't, didn't even care if it was exactly. New York. <laughs> well, it could have been anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, the yeah. movie. But Mia Farrow, it's funny, that haircut became iconic. Oh my her. God, yeah. my mom had that haircut yeah. at the time. <laughs> back then. Yes, yeah. I, I saw the pictures yeah. like, because Mia Farrow, it was like a big influence. It was. Like in Brazil, <laughs> back <Yeah>. in Brazil, <laughs> they, they they had the haircut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but it's a great, it's still scary today, that film. It's, it's, it is. It's it is a well classic, done. right? Yeah. So it is a good movie. That's well done. Okay, okay. number four. My number four movie is. <laughs> No, it's loud. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> is um, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, which sure. yes. And Nicolas yeah. Cage. Nicolas Cage. You didn't do the Ayala. What's his Danny name? Danny Ayala. Yeah, there we go. You didn't, you didn't do the episode, but you mentioned him. Nicolas Cage is someone that always seems to play the same role. He does. But he's he good does. at this. The same role. So, yeah. like the, the depressed guy. Mm -hmm. So, he's always him. He's always depressed. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like that movie. It's cute. It does romance. 
but it's one that I like. It's, it. not, it's not like yeah, they're Italians. They're very loud. You know, very cute. And Cher is Cher, so I would watch anything with her. Cher is an underrated actress. Yes, she's in a way, especially in the eighties, she was in a lot of good movies. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that move like the hand. His hand is like disturbing. When I first saw, it, I was like, yeah. that's so weird. What has to be? And then you saw like he he. Um, in his mind, it was his brother's fault that he lost the arm. Correct. So there's a why is there, and the moon like everybody gets romantic because I was like there is no link to the moon. When I was like oh it's a full moon, everybody gets romantic. Right. You know like blah blah blah. It's very cute. I like it. Yeah. So it's in New York. So it there is you New York. go. <laughs> there you go. Right now you're picking movies that I don't think many people pick. So it's good. Many, but some. I, I don't, I don't know. I can't, since <laughs> it's like, been so long since I did the see Dirty Little Secret. I put these all together. Oh, it's been too long. Yeah, so I don't remember <laughs> what everyone else said. Okay, so my uh, number three is uh, I I don't know if I can um, pronounce her the name, but okay, let's try. Is Florence Foster Jenks, Jenkins? Jenkins, yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, with Mary Streep and Hugh Grant. Yeah. Is I that like that movie. Too, no? yeah, yeah, it's new, like you know, Relatively considering, yeah. and you know, it's a real story. She was the worst. So I think she was soprano, right? Mm -hmm. Well, opera singer mm -hmm. ever, but she did it from the good of her heart. Yeah. Like all the money she donate to the, you know, to the theater and for the music mm -hmm. and for like the arts. So that's why they let her sing, of course. <laughs> but the movies. Hilarious! Like the 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 teacher is the guy from uh, Big Bang Theory. The I forgot his name. Like the one who is married with the okay. the blonde girl, uh -huh. not the the main one. Oh, no, I am getting confused. <laughs> so uh, it is funny, and it is at the same time it is sad because you know she's married. She has her husband who cares for her so much. It's so cute. The relationship. It's very cute, but they don't have uh, sexual relations right. because she she had syphilis, right? And back in the time, yes. So Simon Helberg was yes. the actor you're talking about. Um, so they could not sleep together. So right. he had someone else, but he mm -hmm. loved her. So the whole story is, is really uh, very cute. Yeah. And I like it. She's a great actress. Oh, Mel Strips, yeah. And since the movie was based in real life. You like that. I like it. I yeah. like it. Good pick. All right, number two. <laughs> number two. I like this movie so much. I've been watching it like six times, I guess. Really? Yes. It's First first Wives Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. my God. <laughs> this is with, uh, let me see if I can remember everyone in it. Goldie Hawn. Oh, yeah. Diane Keaton. Yes. There's in a lot of New York movies. Mm -hmm. And Bette Midler. Yes. Very nice. Good job. And there's right. a, it's Channing. I don't know. The first one. There is. There are four friends. Okay. So one is like this very rich woman that finds out like her husband is cheating on her or yep. something like that. And then she cures herself. She jumps from the building. That's uh, when they, they reunite. Yeah. And Gold, Gold, how, how, Goldie Hawn. Oh my gosh. She, she's one that plays the same. She pretty much Kind does. of. Yeah. You know, the, the crazy yeah. person. Yeah. She's like that. Yeah. But she's hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Diane Keaton, I, I, I like it, but I don't like it because she's... The same Actually, Diane Keaton pretty much plays the same role. Exactly, She's that's what Woody I was Allen. about to say. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you know, her uh, Goldie, she <laughs> she plays like that old actress—not old, but old actress—that wants to be 
new, you know, don't understand younger. Sure. So she put like things on her lips. She put Botox, and then she go. I will never forget this uh, scene that she goes to try a, a spot for a movie, and she thinks she's gonna be the daughter, and this should, <laughs> you know, she practices the daughter's line, and then she gets that she's gonna be the mom, and she was devastated. Yeah. And how they get back to the husbands are. It is like it's amazing. I really love it. So yeah. this is a good movie. That's I really like that movie. Yeah, those and are fun. New York City. And those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> those are fun movies to watch because they they really you can watch them at any time because they're kind of like feel good movies. Yes. Yeah. So I have my number one favorite of all time. Yes. And then we'll get into your half pick. And then I I, I pick that movie again. I don't know why, but you you want to remember. All right. And my number one is as good as it gets. Oh. It's a great oh. Movie. Of course, yeah. I had to Jack Nicholson. Hunt. They're amazing. That movie mm -hmm. is New York. Yep. He works he's, from home. Yep. He's, he's a writer, yeah. right? Yeah. And he has OCD. And he just wants that waitress. You know, because they are, she's the only one who has patience with him. Yeah. In, you know, Ellie Hunt. Yeah. So I I love but that. You movie. know who the star? Oh, Jack's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but the star of the movie is it's Ver, the dog. Verdell. Yeah. It's the dog. That, of that was course. one of my top movie animals. Of course. Well, he, the, the greatest scene is when he picks up the same OCD traits as Jack. Oh yeah. And he's jumping over the lines. <laughs> oh, and, Don't you be like me. I know, but the neighbor is like the relationship is is very like at the beginning yes. is that, but the it's neighbor. Verdell. Doesn't care. It's so cute. It's so funny. Like <laughs> well, that and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. plays. Um, yes. I, gotta, yes. I can't remember his name now, but uh, Greg Kinnear is, is Verdell's. The whole owner. movie. Oh my God! It's full of the stars, including the dog. Yeah. And the story is great. I think Jack Nicholson probably is like that a little bit because he plays so well. <laughs> he does. There's, he never. He kind of always plays Jack, but it's different in in subtle oh, ways. Oh, I, I think yeah. he's. I love him on yeah. Batman. On yeah. that movie, you know, on the uh, Stephen King. Um, oh, The Shining. Yeah. So and One Flew so, Over Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. 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 So he's so different. He's a great act he actor is. for me. And Ellen Hunt, too. I, on that movie specifically, she, you know, she's a mom. She's a yeah. struggling. And the fun thing I watch, the funny thing, I watched that movie in Brazil mm. for the first time. And then when he takes the doctor, because he can't stand to have someone else uh waitress as a right. right i don't know how to say <laughs> yeah serve him yeah serve yeah. him uh so he goes and he takes the doctor to her house right. because he was, so in brazil is like and this she was so grateful to him mm -hmm. and they're like why what what because so? you don't make house calls here in brazil we do yeah. it's, it's not you know i had a doctor come to my house right. and they were like okay i don't get that and so once i got here i was like oh now i understand why she was so grateful yeah so, yeah, this is my number one choice. I, I love that movie. That's a great pick. So it used to be, um, going back to the doctor thing, the doctors used to make house calls. When my parents were growing up, that wasn't mm -hmm. uncommon. Then, not anymore. That's not the way the health system is. You know, it could come full circle again. I could see, you know, how everything is, like, to your door now, and mm -hmm. everyone, you have all, like, DoorDash and things. Right. It could come where doctors start coming to your house again. Or drive it through. Or Sorry. drive through doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hey, I have a... Mm -hmm. Migraine, yeah. you, give me give the me meds, stuff. give yeah. me the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> my arm's broken, wrap it right here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get to your half pick. So my half, it was like my number one, number 0 0.5. Uh, yes. <laughs> it is at all movies of Woody Allen. Okay, That yeah. I, I love him. When you say the word Woody Allen, you know you it's New, New York. York. It's yeah. like right away... Uh, 
I've never been to New York, but every time that I listen his name, like Central Park comes in my mind. Sure. You know, like Empire State, everything. So all his, he's so New York. He's so proud yes. of his, you know, city. I think it's amazing. And all his movies come on. He is the, I love, he's the best guy, like writer and actor. Mm -hmm. I don't like too much when he's not playing. Yeah himself right because someone is gonna you're gonna have another actor mm -hmm. trying to copy him because yeah. that's how it is so what right? happened with um, larry david in uh i think the movie's called just go with it or something like that or or i mean i don't know what it's called. larry I, david's in I it forget the whatever names. it takes i think i think it's whatever it takes i i don't know the names anymore and yeah. mostly i watch in brazil so it's a translation sure and if you tell me what's the plot, I, I don't remember. I, I remember I watched it all, and I would like binge on Woody Allen movies, like rent on Blockbuster. You know, <laughs> I would go to Blockbuster and get the VHS <laughs> to watch at home, like five movies of oh, yeah. uh, Woody Allen. Um, the movie is called officially. I was close. Whatever works. Oh, okay. And that's like his mantra, like whatever works. Okay. But I yeah. love him. He's creepy, but you know, <laughs> he has his. Woody Allen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Talk to talk to Mia Farrow about right? that. Yes. So. But he's great. He has a great. Oh, time. he's super talented. Yes. Unfortunately, what's going on with Hollywood now? Everyone that you used to like, like Kevin Spacey oh, my God, and, yes. and people like that, all this stuff is coming out. and It's making it difficult to uh, look at the Admire, movies. Admire. Look at the yeah, same, right? But maybe the the well, whatever. We won't get into <laughs> it. Let's not get into yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danielle. Sure. All right, we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. Thank you. So for this week, we're going to do New York. This is part of our city trilogy that we're doing. And uh, so, yeah, so you have a, a pretty extensive list of New York movies. Uh, kind of. Okay. I narrowed it down. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff is based in New York and a lot is filmed there. Yes, it's almost as popular as L.A., which I purposely did not do. Because it seems oh, too obvious. Yeah. yeah. There are, because what was funny about doing this trilogy, like I liked researching all these yeah. like, films like that are based in cities and like San Francisco and Chicago, they have really good wiki pages where it just lists everything. Mm -hmm. But then when you look for the New York one, it's too big to be a single wiki. So <laughs> you have to search, I think, either by decade or really? something. Oh my. So it's a huge resource. Mm -hmm. So if you want to waste a few hours, you can <laughs> definitely do that. Do that. In addition to wasting at least an hour on this podcast. So that's good. So <laughs> listen to us first and then kill time elsewhere. So, all right. So let's get into your list. How many did you pick or do you have a specific amount? Uh, Four. Okay. I think a couple. Um, actually, all of these are really movies I've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. uh, special movies to me, and so yeah, it's a fun set. Mm -hmm. um, what should I talk about first? I think I'll do. So one of my favorite movies is a, a teen. Mm -hmm. Was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Absolutely. Like I've mentioned that here uh -huh. before. I am and was a big Audrey Hepburn mm -hmm. fangirl. And so I saw this movie when I was a teenager. I think younger than that, I didn't really understand what it was about. No, it's, it's not a... You think of it as this like happy-go-lucky book and, or and, and movie, not, and it's not. It's yeah. so sad, mm -hmm. really, while well, she's basically an escort yeah. and, you know, she... But she's living what looks like a glamorous life. Yeah. Like she dresses well. She's pretty. She's a funny character, mm -hmm. but she has a horribly sad backstory. It's a facade. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she ends up in New York, and I really like how, you know, it was filmed on location. Uh, she has a really cute brownstone. Mm -hmm. I always liked her apartment. Like she has um, 
her weird like couch mm -hmm. thing. Um, See, I always thought, when I saw the movie, it was definitely after I watched The A-Team. And okay. George Pappard is the main guy in The A-Team. <laughs> so oh, he's, yeah. But he's also the main love interest in, in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. So it's funny to see him young. Yeah, so I always like liked her apartment and um, her, like, her couch is a bathtub. Yeah, exactly. So, and, like, <laughs> I don't know, her cat, like, hangs out in the kitchen and... Mm -hmm. She is just kind of a quirky person, and so I just love the movie. And uh, the first time I went to New York when I was a teenager, I mm -hmm. went and like tried to find the locations, and I don't think I found her house on that trip. Mm. But I ended up finding her apartment oh, nice. in real life. It's in the Upper East Side, mm -hmm. and there's all sorts of resources online. You can find like yeah. the exact address, and yeah. It, it's pretty like inconspicuous, mm -hmm. but the same building is still there where they filmed the exterior scenes. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, it was really cute, and I wanted to live there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still? Would you ever move to New York for good? I don't know. No. I don't Something. like. I don't like snow. Okay, <laughs> so they get, California is perfect. Then. So. Uh, so did you read? Did you ever read the book? No. Okay, so you have know, no, no desire I'm, just. To... I should. I really should. I like reading, but mm -hmm. I just never read that. Never that one. That's surprising because I figured uh, since you loved the movie so much. Yeah. No, I never got around to it. Yeah. I, maybe I will now. Okay. <laughs> now, now that I'm uh, peer pressuring you. Yeah. Okay. So Breakfast at Tiffany's is one. Breakfast at Tiffany's is one. And also, I can't not mention the actual Breakfast at Tiffany's store. Like, sure. That's still there. Mm -hmm. um, I stopped by that as well. Uh -huh. And yeah, they went to like Central Park and... I feel like this movie and the other movies I mentioned all like go to the same location. Oh really? <laughs> but it's like the quintessential when a movie's like in New York. It always has a certain look to sure. it. There you so. But yeah, Breakfast Tiffany's special. You're the first to, to mention, so good job. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think to me that's like such a quintessential New York. It is. Movie. Well, we're doing favorites, and so I know a lot of oh, people have true. seen it, but they don't necessarily <laughs> think it's a favorite. But, true. Yeah. But that's okay. That's why we interview different for people for this. I get a wide variety. <laughs> that's right. That's good. Um, yeah. Okay. So I wonder if anyone has mentioned my next one, mm -hmm. which is you've got mail. I think Enrique did. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> So this one, I, another thing I get really, like when I like a movie and like the location and where it's based, I, for some reason I really get attached to like the main character's house. Mm. So where um, Meg Ryan's living mm -hmm. and you've got mail, I loved her apartment yeah. as well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's so cozy. And um, yeah, I think that movie did a great job of, it's based in New York, mm -hmm. and I think they do have like some Central Park stuff, but this one is also, it's on the Upper West Side. Okay. So it's less... Um, busy, busy, bustle, hustle, and bustle. Yeah, and you yeah. don't get a lot, there's really not a lot of like touristy feeling right. in that movie. Mm -hmm. It's a weird, like, yeah, it's a New York movie, but it feels more like a neighborhood thing. Yeah, like, exactly. Like she works at the bookstore, right. and I'm like, oh, what a charming life. Yeah. And... But and then there is the big bookstore by Tom Hanks. So yes, and yeah, that movie's adorable. I feel like I should watch it because it's autumn and it's like a really like autumn winter feeling Have you movie seen, to me. Uh, Shop around the corner with it, which that's what it's based on. I think it? so. Okay, with Jimmy Stewart. Have and, I or have you asked me this before? <laughs> I, I may have, or I, I don't know, but it's it's definitely worth 
there are definitely elements that yeah. are similar, but since it's one was created in, I believe, the late 30s, uh-huh. and this one was in the 90s, Ooh, and now it's forever dated because it's you've got mail and uh, AOL. I know, RIP. Yeah, exactly. Like, AOL wants so, messenger. That's right. Um, I feel like I have seen Shop Around the Corner, or... It, it's cute because they're writing each other actual letters as Can opposed to... Solomon? Yeah, instead of um, instant messaging. Yeah, I don't know. I should watch. Definitely watch that because actually, if you buy the buy the Blu-ray or or the DVD, they uh, they combine it with Shop Around the Corner, so you can actually have both. Oh, Um. actually, I have an extra copy. I'll bring it in for you. (laughs) There you go. So, (laughs) what else about you've got mail? Just it's cute. It's quaint. It's New York, but it doesn't feel like. Well, Meg Ryan's character is exactly what you want when you go to a local bookstore. Yeah. Like, she's nice, and, like, especially if you have children, like, she's perfect for them. Oh. It's just, yeah. So, such a dream. It is. It is. And now the bookstores are kind of oh, passe. Yeah. It's a, that, that, that's kind of going away. But, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think where there are other scenes. I think they do go and, like, have, do they have, like, lunch outside or something? I feel like maybe that's more in, like, central. Mm-hmm. And then where do they meet for the first time? Like the little um, cafe. It's like a little cafe. Yeah, I wonder where that is. I bet I can find that. Yeah. It's probably on some thing. But anyway, so that's the second one. Uh, Those are probably my top two. Um, And then a third. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went really girly with all of these options. That's okay. That's all right. Um, my other one movie, I believe I've, I, I have mentioned in this podcast, I don't remember which episode, but mm-hmm. The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, absolutely. Has yes. anyone of you discussed that one? No, not yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Devil Wears Prada. Another one I watched as a teenager. I really wanted to move to New York when I was a teenager. Right. So I was like obsessed with like, anything having to do with New York, like <laughs> working and fashion so it's a good thing you didn't watch woody allen movies or something like that oh i did watch those when i was in college no i saw i enjoyed them but yeah (laughs) i was gonna mention annie hall but it's on my list yeah it's like such a good place of like setting but i wouldn't say i love that movie i mostly just like how um diane keaton dresses yes that's really what i like about them yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah devil wears prada i think this one is really like new york new york Mm -hmm. The office is in Times Square. Right. Um, they run around the city. She's trying to like find clothes for the photo shoots. And what is the woman's name? That um, it's not Anne Hathaway. It's her friend or kind of her friend. Abyssinia. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. she's great in that. Yeah. yeah she's, oh, she's, she's the just, best part yeah, of it. I think. Yeah. I always felt bad for her because I think I would have been more of the her person. <laughs> 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 Kind of well, Lindley, <laughs> who's always on this podcast, um, for years I was Anne Hathaway because I was always picking up, well, I, it was the ongoing joke. I wasn't actually picking up her laundry or everything, but it just felt like I was the, the Anne Hathaway of the office for Lindley. Yeah. 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 You weren't her. Yes. What was that? Oh my God. What's her? I don't know what her character is. Was her name Emily? Because her... Oh, no. Yeah, now you gotta look this up. I watch this movie usually several times a year, but <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. Oh. I don't have cable anymore. <laughs> Beth, where is Prada? It's not streaming on Netflix. No, I don't think it is. Her name is Emily in the movie. And, okay. And, oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. So, But we can never remember either. That's why they just call me Anne Hathaway. <laughs> so, not like Anne Hathaway wasn't in any other movies. So, 
Yeah. 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 But, uh, great. Yeah. Double Wars Prada. It, it feels just very New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't go wrong with Meryl Streep either. So. Yeah. Oh, and I love her apartment as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think she lives in like the West Village or. I think she is in the West Village. She's mm-hmm. in like a walk-up, like brownstone building, okay. and like Anne Hathaway goes there to like drop off the book, right? And then it's like a big um, stressful moment. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> <laughs> I see. Still holding on to it. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, love that. I think I really just like where these women live in each yeah. of these movies. Don't even care about the exterior. <laughs> right. And, and and the fantasy of actually living in a nice place like that in, in New York in New City. New York, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that whole, the joke about friends is mm-hmm. like, how did these women afford exactly. living in this we're, apartment in New York? Yeah, and working at a coffee shop. It's like mm-hmm. these movies too. Like they're set there and everything is so charming and mm-hmm. fun. And look, you can live here too. But yeah. it's like, no, it's just the movie. <laughs> exactly. Well, you could live there if you live with 20 other people oh, yeah. in like a one bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is your fourth and final one? My final one. So I had to choose this even though it it wasn't really based there, but it was in a way. It mm-hmm. was the Royal Tenenbaum. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Lindley didn't pick this. Yeah, pick this. That's one because of movies. Um, I was reading about, because I never really researched it, mm-hmm. and I was reading about like Wes Anderson I like planning and all of this and they chose places specifically that didn't look like New York mm. so it or they like disguised places or renamed them mm. so it's like you didn't really know when you're watching the movie I don't think it's ever stated that they live in New York City mm. but it it is clearly right. like you can tell um like they the kids camp out in a museum, mm-hmm. which is clearly one of the big New York like natural history museums mm-hmm. or something, but it's called something else. And then the dad is staying in a hotel, which ends up being, I think, the Waldorf Astoria. Okay. I was looking. So it's kind of what up. superhero movies do with Metropolis yeah, or Gotham. Yeah, but you exactly. know it's a city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. And then... I've been dying to try and find the house where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen? A long time ago. A long time ago. Because yeah. I'll show you the picture. Do yes. you remember? Like the house is crazy that they lived yes. in. Yes. Yeah. It's like a weird kind of like, not arts and crafts, like kind of gothic-y like building from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in Harlem. Oh, okay. But every time I go, I never. It's like really like north, north, north Manhattan. Mm. So you have to like it's a it's a trek. It's a hall, yeah. To get up there, unless you're like staying in that area. So mm. I've never made it to the Royal Tenenbaum House, but it's on my <laughs> Your my bucket, bucket list because it's there. Well, how how often do you travel back to New York? I've been going like once a year okay. or so. I'm yeah. probably going to go next year. So so that's good. So the movies, the cities we picked, you go to Chicago at least once a year now, and 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 New York. So oh, this is God. good. All right. Do you have any other ones, or are these those uh, are the main four? Yeah, those are I think the four that really spoke out to me. Okay. Um, I know there's many, many, many more, but I couldn't come up with any old movies. That yeah. You know, old movies are tough uh-huh. because a lot of them are just filmed on set. Exactly, because yeah. I know they're set there. Mm-hmm. 
But I think that's why the farthest I went back was Breakfast at Tiffany's because right. that's the I thought like yes that was clearly filmed in the city. Uh-huh. Um, there's no stock footage. Location. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. no cheesy like yeah. oh here's some like flashing city lights right. or something. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah, I think it was just simply too expensive mm-hmm. way back when, and they did use a lot of stock footage. Yeah. Um. So you'd see the you know a bridge or, or yeah. a, a busy street or something uh-huh. like that. So yeah. You know, yeah. like you know, the wealthy family that lives in the big Upper East Side mansion, right. but it's like they're never outside. No, never, never. They're always filming on set. You know. So yeah, I I ran into the same problems when I was doing my list. I'm like, yeah, I really don't have any classic films here. Yeah, no uh, classic. Yeah. I'm curious. I might have to do a little research after this to find like what was the first maybe movie on location, or yeah. that was filmed like on the street. Yeah. Or like first like fictional movie. I'm sure some of the gangster the films were. Um, but yeah, I'd have to really look into mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because what? Yeah, there's some. Um, I think like some like it hot. I think yeah, that's outside. a good. Uh-huh. Maybe some of the, like the old Bowery Boys, you know, like mm-hmm. where they, they grew up in that little neighborhood and yeah. everything. But yeah, that's, that's so cool. I'm having a homework now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so do you, the listening audience. So, again, thank you, Samantha. Okay, Maywin's back, and this week we're going to cover New York, New York. And so this should be, I don't know if he's going to have a long list or not, but there is a plethora of movies that take place in New York. So uh, we've been all over the map on this one, so this should be fun to see what uh, Maywin comes up with. So welcome back. Hey, thanks. Um, I I kept my list, you know, not too long. Okay. Uh, uh, Yeah, not too long. So interesting that we're doing New York right now. Um, my husband is in New York right now, visiting a friend for about a week and a half. Okay. A couple of days before he left, our furnace went out. So <laughs> I am sitting and I'm speaking to you from a freezing cold house. In oh the no. East Bay, <laughs> while my husband is having a fantastic vacation in New York. Um, I, so I, week- uh, I smell sabotage here. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so this list comes with some bittersweet, um, yeah, bitterness. <laughs> uh, uh, the other thing, um, uh, so the first, f- most of these films I saw before I ever had a chance to visit New York. So they have a lot to do with uh, the way that I constructed an image of New York before going there. Um, and that's probably why I picked them as well, just because they speak a lot to the image. And, okay. Um, maybe not so much to my understanding of the city now after some years of going there fairly regularly. Uh-huh. Um, so my first one, I think the, I, I hope everybody's got this on their list. I mean, not really, but <laughs> um, King Kong, right? Oh, that's a great pick. Yes. What, so why do you say that with surprise? Am I the first one to mention it? I think it's just because it's so... Well, of course he's on the Empire State. Yeah, you are, are actually, which is crazy. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's so on the nose. I was a little bit nervous about mentioning it as well. But no, when I say King Kong, I'm not talking about like the World Trade Center or Jessica Lange King Kong. No, you're I, talking about the Empire State Building from the King 30s. Kong, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about uh, Fay Ray Empire State Building. Yes. 19... 19- Right, that's a 1930s film, right? Like yeah, 1932 I, I think it's 1933, yeah, yeah. 32 or 33 ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was a kid, as you very, very well know, I grew up on universal horror films and silent um, horror films mm-hmm. and Hammer Studios. And of course, like King Kong was one of, I, one of, I think, the first that I saw. And um, 
I was just absolutely fascinated with the Empire State Building because I grew up in the country. I, I didn't see anything larger than, you know, like a skyscraper that might have been in San Francisco because we used to visit my grandmother on summers in San Francisco. Um, right. But those buildings, those are not the Empire State Building. No. They certainly um, don't look in life as the Empire State Building in King Kong was filmed to look. Um, and the whole idea of that kind of bustling city with all of these uh, windows stacked on top of one another um, with all of these different things going on in them was uh, kind of amazing to me. And then all of those lives and stories put into the context of a giant um, ape, right? Ape or monkey? I think he's you know, an ape. He's an ape. Yeah. Yeah, a giant primate climbing up the up these walls and making those lives look so much more miniature, like all of the urban dilemmas, miniature, right. miniature. Um, I don't think I was thinking of this necessarily at this level when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I was probably just fascinated that um, this, you know, huge building, yeah. unlike anything I'd ever seen before, or even at that time understood to be a real, a representation of a real building was being climbed by this fantastic creature in this, uh, with this woman in its hand. Um, well, yeah, so yeah. absolutely wrong. And the special effects are amazing for the times. Uh, the the man who created, you know, all those the the sculpture and the basically the working. It's not a puppet, but you know, kind of that claymation uh, uh, King Kong. It, it's it's truly amazing what they what they did back then. Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, you even get a Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, and, yeah, you get like yeah, fight with a dinosaur versus giant. Monkey ape, monkey primate. Yeah. Primate. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm caught up on the distinctions. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's a fantastic movie. It's got so much going for it. It has so many different settings. Like you, you're out on this boat in the middle of nowhere for a long time, or what in my memory seems like a long time. And then you're on the island. Yeah, Skull Island. Yep. Great. The kind of a stereotypical ritual and this, that, and the other is going on. Um, and then you have this fantastic um, introduction to the monster. You know, back when um, movies knew how to um, hold out on introducing a monster and to really make it pay off. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and then you end up going to the city. So you get this whole tour of so many different kind of uh, environments. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. it's really, really well done. Uh, so King Kong, um, okay, on the other side of that, since uh, since you mentioned that King Kong wasn't a puppet, there is a movie with puppets. <laughs> oh, I think I know you're going. I think uh, Lindley picked this. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? I, I believe so. I hope Lindley mentioned Muppets Take Manhattan. She absolutely did. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, so when I, when I first saw Muppets Take Manhattan, it was not only one of the kind of happiest then saddest, then happiest um, images of New York <laughs> that I had as a child. Um, but it was also kind of uh, the end of that first trilogy of Muppet movies. And it was the first one that I think really distressed me, you know, just because the relationship between the Muppets became becomes so fraught in the city and they all kind of go their separate ways for a while. Right. That was... Um, 
that was a journey that I hadn't taken with those characters before and wasn't expecting. No, and especially as a kid, yeah. Go on that with them. So that yeah. was a that was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So some shots. I guess the the one shot that really sticks out is um, Kermit and Miss Piggy riding bikes in Central Park. They're riding bikes. There was no hand up the, you know. Yeah. Uh, up the the backside. Yeah. There, you know, it was. You can't see the wires. Cool. It's it. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a really it's a it's really well done. You like you don't see a marionette or anything. So. No, no, no. So it's it, it's you think oh for all of these years I thought they were just puppets. <laughs> no, nope. no. Nope, there's more. To, they're more complicated than that. Thank goodness. No, absolutely. Yeah, so Muppets take Manhattan. Great, fantastic. absolutely great pick. Um, let's see him. I have Saturday Night Fever on here only because it's the first film that I saw in the theater. and But we've already talked about that, so I'm going to kind of skip over it because I can't say it's one of my favorite films. Definitely a period uh, piece. Definitely the height of the disco era, you know, in those yeah. clubs. So. so I'll just mention it, but that's what? enough. What? No staying, huh. no staying Alive? No. <laughs> Wait, which one came first? Definitely Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I've seen Staying Alive. If you want to... It's not a good film, but if you if you want a, a, a it's just fun to see you know watch once and um, how did well how did you know that the perfect way to sell a movie to me is by saying it's not a very good film yeah <laughs> because I like, know often, you often, I, yeah often that's the best way to sell a movie to me <laughs> like it, I've got my expectations set and yeah. I'm going into it yeah, it, yeah. it's it's cringeworthy it, but it's that's the charm of it. <laughs> Okay, and that's I grew up and I grew up with it. Good. My my mom actually t- dubbed this version. She didn't dub Saturday Night Fever. She dubbed Staying Alive. So there you go. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect film to watch the next time I get sick. Absolutely, like, yes. Right now, I could get pneumonia today, okay. and I will watch Staying Alive as soon as I start to get the symptoms. Exactly, you'll be watching this. Like this isn't that bad when I'm living in. Oh, see now. Saying it's not that bad? Uh, no, no, no. Saying like your situation with with no heat isn't as bad as as this movie is. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Oh, so I have another. I have another um, mention for Danielle. Sure. So Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah, great pick. Another Ruth Gordon shout out as well. Oh yeah, because Ruth Gordon got a San Francisco mention mm-hmm. with Harold and Maude. Now she's getting her uh, New York mention. I don't know if she shot anything in Chicago. But anyway, so uh, Rosemary's Baby with Mia Farrow and Ruth Gordon just playing at the top of their game, just chewing everything up. That is such um, – and as it's approaching Halloween right now. Oh, yeah. It is such a great Halloween movie. Um, horror movies in general, I love to love them, but more often than not, they're just trashy. Uh, Rosemary's Baby just performs at a level – uh, so high above most uh, most thrillers. Yeah, and uh, it's it's terrifying even today, and that that's that says a lot considering it came out in the late '60s. So it does, and I th- it keeps um, it does a really good job of pacing the thrills. Yep, um, pacing the reveals um, and keeping the audience. I think really rooting for Mia Farrow's character. I feel like when I watch that film, I am just so invested in all of her decision-making and everything that she's trying to do. And the stakes for me just get 
incrementally lifted throughout the entire film yeah. as things become more and more dire for her. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to say that she makes all the right choices throughout the entire film, but um, yeah, I, I guess that's just another uh, comment on the quality of the filmmaking that uh, wherever I need to release um, suspend disbelief, I, I, I do it readily in that movie. So the, suspense. the ironic part of you picking Rosemary's Baby and of course, it, it, it's in New York, and it's filmed by Polanski. With, with all the Harvey Weinstein stuff going on, it's you know it's kind of interesting with Polanski. But then you also have another New York famous New York director, Woody Allen. I don't know if it's New York or what, but um, all these kind of creepy Hollywood things that are going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know how I, I, you notice how I didn't mention Roman Polanski. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> when I mentioned Mia Farrow and Ruth Gordon, yeah. Um, and I don't have, I didn't include any Woody Allen films on my list, not because of the current controversy, right. which I am sensitive to mm -hmm. and was a little bit, did veer a little bit with Polanski mm -hmm. because of that. Um, uh, but I just haven't seen those films recently enough. To comment, yeah. To comment, yeah. I know I really liked a few of them, Annie Hall and Manhattan. Yeah. I thought Manhattan a revelation when I saw it, but I've only seen it once. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I remember barely anything about it. Um, maybe it wasn't actually that good then. Um, so, uh, so let's, let's take a, a, let's veer a little bit now that, uh, you've introduced the, uh, the troll, the LA troll. Yes. Um, so Rosemary's baby has a strong female character that has, uh, well, a horrific ending. Yeah. Work girl. If we could, a complete opposite end of the spectrum with yes. Melanie Griffith kind of starting in um, uh, low on the uh, social and kind of uh, corporate ladder and um, pulling herself up by the bootstraps. And um, that movie I saw again not so long ago, and that was that was fun to watch. Oh, it's it is. It's such a silly movie. Um, but everyone does a really good job in it. And Sigourney Weaver um, is fantastic as the – the nemesis to um, Melanie Griffith's uh, earnest, uh, hardworking um, uh, character in that. Yeah, and, and you have Joan Cusack's in it, who's always uh -oh, great, yeah. and uh, Al a younger Alec Baldwin. So yeah, really, really good film. Yeah, I think that that's that's a fantastic New York film as well. Yeah. Uh, so and so moving ahead because I have two more films to mention, sure. but I. But this next one finishes off my trilogy of central female performers in New York, and that's The Professional with, uh, what was her name? Natalie Portman. Natalie, yeah. I was, I was like, who played Amidala? Because, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was her first uh, acting role, and uh, it's also known as Leon, or uh, Leon the Professional, yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, that's true, and it has Natalie Portman in a fantastic a debut performance yeah. she is convincing throughout um she's kind of uh required to do a lot of stuff that you might not expect from a a first time performer yeah it's not like it's not like james cameron picking eddie furlong and saying okay act like a punk right. okay <laughs> act like you're scared no so Besson took Natalie Portman from wherever he found her and asks her to do all of these crazy things. She has the emotional spectrum covered 
And then just in terms of like the setting of the film and what she's <clears throat> going through and what she kind of can, uh, what the character um, is convinced uh, they have to do to get revenge. Right. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Oh no, it's great. And actually it's funny because Danielle, I believe p- picked this for uh, movies that she wish had a sequel and just mm-hmm. to see what happens to uh, her character, you know, after after everything. Like, does she remain, like, yeah. a, a hitman or something like that? Yeah, so that's an interesting idea, because you're mentioning that makes me think. So in parallel, there's also kind of this um, fairy tale expectation that Quentin Tarantino might do, like, a Kill Bill uh, sequel with... Um, the little girl from the one of the first scenes coming back to take revenge on the bride. Ah, so that okay. would be kind of a, an interesting parallel in films that have children in revenge movies, but then revisiting them when they become adults right. to see what effect of all of that as a child and what paths they may or may not have chosen to take as a result of that would mm-hmm. have been. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. I think uh, Kill Bill is more kind of obviously set up for that. Sure. And maybe uh, the professional um, doesn't have that built into its DNA. I mean, we didn't have sequelitis back when. That's true. Um, Best on filmed the professional and it really does stand as a standalone piece. Um, but gosh, wouldn't it be interesting to see Natalie Portman go back and visit that character Oh, absolutely. Um, the other part is you would miss out on on having Gary Oldman in the picture again, too. So, who is who is brilliant? Right. In yeah, that. you wouldn't have Gary Oldman in it. You wouldn't have uh, I think because the name of the other actor, yeah, Sean uh, John Rennie, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, who played the professional. Which is interesting because I don't know if you know you may, but I, I know you've mentioned that you don't watch a lot of uh, foreign films. But yeah. that character um, of the hitman played by Jean Reno is inspired by. Um, a role that Jean Reno played for Marc Besson in a previous film, La Femme Nikita, which was... Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, which was filmed in um, France and is in French. Um, and he plays a fixer there. And so I think that um, is an, it was a, an interesting way for both Besson and Reno to translate their careers onto the U.S. market with, you know, uh, mediocre success, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did like um, – R- Renault was in um, a movie with uh, Robert De Niro called Ronin um, that's kind of like a, a mafia slash hitman type movie that, that's really good as well. And what, well, what did he play? I didn't see Ronin. I think so he did... was part of like the, the little ragtag group that they were trying it, – it's, it's more like a heist film actually. And so he's just kind of part of De Niro's crew to, to pull okay. off this, this caper. So, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of um... – He's great as a character actor. I'd like to see him in more diverse stuff. The, uh, gosh, the other one, the other guy who was a great character actor back in those days coming out of French movies that has made more of a name for himself in the U S market is Ron Perlman. Yeah. Good point. I don't know why, I don't know why I bring that up. I think I just like during those same years I saw like delicatessen and I think Perlman was in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he was in City for Lost City of Lost Children. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of your Gary Oldman type, you know. Yeah, but he's he's made a bigger career over here, and I don't know where 
he was based before he was in those French movies. But yeah. anyway, yeah. that's – wow. That's, <laughs> we went off on a tangent, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, so now, now we're going well, – we were talking about The Professional, but now oh, I, I think you have yeah, one. So yeah, so that was my trilogy of – or I'm, I'm thinking them of just like a set of – a suite of three um, female-centered – uh, New York-based films. So yep. Rosemary's Baby, Working Girl, Professional. Yep. The last one I want to mention is Koyuna Scotsi, which I've talked about a bunch of times before. But um, I like that one for a lot of different reasons. But uh, as I mentioned, a lot of these films are on my list because they created the idea of New York for me years before I got a chance to go there. Okay. And Koyuna Scotsi has a lot of imagery of crowded streets in New York Um uh, as well as tenements and the destruction of some um, uh, urban housing uh, projects uh, in and around Chicago and um, some of the uh, different neighborhoods in New York as well. Um, but th- there are scenes, there are these shots with a camera with a long focal range where you see a distance a huge distance receding distance of a New York pedestrian sidewalk with crowds of people just jumbled. And because that focal length is, uh, is at such a distance, it, it collapses the space. So it collapses everyone who's on those sidewalks. So it just looks like everyone is piled up on top of each other, running in this mad scramble to get to work. And I think <laughs> that image didn't just capture my imagination when the film came out, and it's sear itself into my brain about what New York must be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, my impression for years was that it was just so busy that it was almost impossible to walk there. I couldn't conceive of people driving there. Right. Um, and uh, I noticed that that type of imagery did after that film get kind of caught up in commercial uh, advertisements, um, music videos, um, movies as well, other movies. Um yeah, so that that, that, that movie is fascinating on a number of uh, different levels, and the whole point of that movie is much grander than the scope of New York uh, as an individual city, um, but the way that it depicts New York and people living in New York is kind of amazing, and um, I know I've mentioned to you before, it's increasingly, it's more of a time capsule. It's just kind of fascinating to look at that film again and see what New York looked be- looked like in the 80s. and Right. Like, late seventies. I forget when Corona Scotty was released, but it uses some stock footage and, um, some on location footage. It's just fascinating. That's just awesome. I'm glad you picked that because n- nobody picked that. And, uh, we like to, you know, a little variety there. <laughs> yeah. And so if anyone has not yet seen Corona Scotty after me having mentioned it yeah. over like probably five or six or maybe 20 different individual interviews, with the <laughs> You should probably get the message that you should see that. Definitely check it out. So, As always, thank you so much, Malin. Thanks, Brian. All right. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. 
You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 